Hi, everyone. It's Megan Rabbit. I'm the editor-in-chief of Scarlet Society. And on today's show, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Stephanie Hahn. She is an author, an educator, and a speaker. Her online classes prioritize voice, craft, and community. She is the author of the award-winning book, Swimming in Hong Kong. And her monthly newsletter, Woman Warrior Writer, covers writing, reading, creativity, and health. She is currently working on a book about divorce titled Break, a Divorce Manifesto. She's a single mom of a teenage boy and lives in Hawaii, home of her family since 1904. You can learn more about Dr. Han and take her online writing classes at drstephaniehan.com. And today's show was really fun. Uh, we talked about the importance of writing your divorce story, what that even is, how to go about doing it, how to uh, think about writing your divorce story if you hate writing and have no idea where to start or if the blank page just is not your jam. Uh, And we talked about really how it can help you feel empowered and excited to close one chapter of your life and start another. So I hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to the Scarlet Society Podcast, the show that encourages women over 40 to be excited, curious, and even turned on by starting the second half of their life. This is the show for support, community, and conversation about everything that goes along with this season. From sexual health and wellness to sexual exploration, finances, monogamy, and relationships, no topic is off limits. Let's dive in. Hi. It is so fun to see you and to talk to you because we've been working together a bit for Scarlet Society for the articles you've been writing. So it's nice to have you on today. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm really excited to engage with you in this way because it's just been through text, through emails. So it's fun for me too. So the first piece I think that you wrote for Scarlet Society, it was all about how to write your divorce story. And that's what we're going to talk about today and mostly focus on. And I'm wondering if we can start with, um, you have a personal story when it comes to this. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you even heard of the concept of a divorce story. Yeah. um, You know, it was really strange to me. I didn't, obviously, divorce was not something that I'd done a lot in my life. So like most women, it was the first time. So I didn't really know what to expect. And my attorney, after the paper started, you know, being filed, asked me to write my divorce story. And I thought this was really strange. I didn't know what to think. Um, I said, sure, because I'm a writer and I figured I could tackle pretty much any story I've written across the genres in a lot of areas. And um, I had massive writer's block and a lot of anxiety about writing this story. I didn't know how to begin it. I didn't know what to say. I mean, how would you encapsulate a marriage and the collapse of a marriage that was almost 20 years? And how would I put it on the page, you know, um, without it just, you know, kind of going on and on and on. And so I really brainstormed a lot about how I might do this. And then... I was speaking with a friend 
And we were talking a little bit about structure, story structure and structure in terms of writing. Almost all different kinds of writing is structured, like journalism, an essay, stories, even poetry can have a structure like a sonnet. So I realized that structure might be something that I could kind of cling to and that I could almost do a fill in the blank kind of thing. And so I was talking to somebody, he's a screenwriter and he, you know, screenwriters are really big on structure. I mean, you got a 120 pages. It's a minute a page. You have to hit all the marks, you know, uh, first act, 30 pages in, 67 pages in, the hero does something stupid. I mean, they really have it down to a science. And so I really started thinking about structure and bullet points. Then I was kind of on my way because I have spent such a long time teaching basic comp writing skills at university and also at secondary level. And so I realized that tightly uh, crafted short points are pretty much the way to go, especially if you're having a hard time moving through the material. But it was very difficult for me to start because I felt a lot of anxiety because I was afraid also about who who was my audience exactly? You know, I realized, oh my gosh, all the story about my marriage is going to come out on the page, all the shortcomings, all the lousy things that happen, you know, even some good things, but also a lot of the bad things on my part or my ex's part. And it was, you know, it's really um, showing ideas of, of what went on privately in your private life to the public. So I was aware that However, I had to be really honest. And so I showed, you know, my lawyer would read it. But the real person that I felt really anxious about reading it was my own self. Because I know that once I saw it on the page, I would look at it differently. Once, to me as a writer, once something hits the page, it's all over. The intimate thoughts you might have, um, your privacy, your deepest feelings, it's all done. There's no going back. And I know this from writing poetry and from just from writing in general that um, something happens when it leaves your, your mind and your heart and goes to the page. So you're sharing it, but also you have to face it differently. And so I think I was the person, I myself was the person who dreaded reading what it was more than anybody else. <laughs> well, and it's such a it's such a tricky topic, right? And so emotionally charged. And I'm wondering, is that why you think your lawyer suggested you write it? Like I'm wondering if you can give some context to the why. You know, what is what was that about? Yeah, I think so. So there were a couple reasons. One is after I finished it, I think my truth was on the page. I felt like he perked up a little bit because he knew a little bit more about me. And um, also he asked, you know, do you feel better? And I did feel better because writing is used in trauma therapy. And I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm only a writing teacher and a writer, but it does, it did serve that purpose in that divorce is trauma. And when you release it onto the page, you're actually physically moving that feeling into another, into another space. It doesn't entirely get rid of it. Right. But, um, you can, um, then view it a little bit differently. And so I think it was a combination of me having this uh, document so that it would be part of my legal file 
And also, perhaps because he was an attorney who's very experienced, um, hoping that I too might feel a little better. And I realized later that um, it's not a unique thing to ask for this. Uh, There's another writer I know, and she also was tasked with doing this, and it became the foundation of her book. So, (laughs) so, um, I think that writing is a way we heal and writing is a way that we let our voices and the events of our lives come to pass in the public eye. As a writer myself, I can completely relate to that because I feel like it's how I process things. And that's been the case for me for as long as I can remember. I know a lot of people who don't process things via writing. So I'm wondering if you can kind of walk through the process for someone who might feel really daunted or just like, I don't journal, I don't write, I'm not a writer. What would be your best advice for that person listening right now? Yeah. So what I always tell people is if you can um, use your phone or use your dictating device, um, if you can talk, you can talk to the page. So a lot of times people who are very chatty all of a sudden get completely inhibited when it comes to writing um, because they're viewing writing as a different act than speaking. And sure it is, but you have to view the idea of writing simply as an act of communication. So my suggestion for a lot of people, especially because this might not, you know, writing is, there's nothing normal about writing. You know, what you're doing is you're arranging little squiggly marks in on a page in different organizational patterns for like hours and hours and hours. There's, you know, people, writers always talk about, oh, it's such a natural thing. There's nothing natural about it. Okay. So (laughs) that's great. Totally um, agree. You know, so I think what is more natural is wanting to speak, however. And so if you can just speak into your phone, speak into a recording device, and then transcribe it, and you'll be there. This document or this writing your divorce story is not about writing something really beautiful, it's not about writing you know, you're thinking, you know, 70 million people are going to read it. You are primarily writing it for yourself. Okay. And this is for yourself personally, or with your attorney's permission for your own case legally. And so what women have to understand is that society is not set up and govern under laws which benefit our bodies or experiences. As we all know, we can't even control the reproductive rights of our bodies for, you know, in many places in the United States. We're, and we always point to the exceptions. Women always do this like, hey, this person's doing this or this. But you notice you point to like two people because nobody else is other doing it, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and so we really have to remember that laws as they are set up are there to protect and preserve the status quo. But the status quo was never designed to treat women equally under the law in any context. So even if we look at this, um, you can look at an idea of marriage. Marriage was initially a business and legal document between families to shore up business and financial interests, uh, property. It is within the privacy of the home that you can have a true marriage of equity, right? Between the two parties, this intimate space is the only space where you can be equitable. Because as soon as you step out the door, 
the woman is not treated under law, and I'm talking about a heteronormative situation, and under, is not treated under law in the same way as a male. She's up against preconceptions, if she, misconceptions, if she is financially successful, if she is uh, somebody who defies the, the stereotypical idea. And if she is not, she is also not treated fairly. You know, when women make 84 cents to the dollar, I don't even know where to begin when you're talking about things like 50-50 split of finances. If women make 84 cents to the dollar, since when is 50-50, 50-50? You know, we really mm. got to look at these things. So my feeling on why I think it's it's important is for women to insert their voices into this process. Marriage was probably one of those significant steps that you took in your life. So why wouldn't divorce also be that important? And why shouldn't you participate on the same level that you did when you were getting married? I love all of that. I, I especially you know, love the tip to just talk into your phone because I think when you're talking about all these big issues, it, it's, it gives you sort of this fire under your, you know, under you to kind of do something. Right. But then if you're feeling like, but, but how do I start simply just dictating to your phone, which you carry around all the time can help. Um, you know, I think going back to the very beginning, when you talked about writing your own divorce story and how you kind of got over your initial hesitation, you talked about structure, which I know myself as a writer, I love an outline. I want to know where I'm starting, where I'm going, where I'm finishing. And in your article you wrote for Scarlet Society, you outlined that really beautifully. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that basic structure, um, that can help people sort of use it as a, as a roadmap as they tuck in to start writing. Yeah, sure. So I want to tell you a little bit about first why structure is easier for people. So let's say you're a woman and you're like, you know what, I can write my divorce story and I can write it in any way and more power to you. You can. Um, but you know, when you're talking about a document that let's say your lawyer is going to read, um, it needs to not be too long and rambling. It needs to get to the main points. So you might have two different kinds of divorce stories, one that doesn't necessarily follow a structure as well, because it doesn't matter. It's just for you. And one that might uh, be something that follows a little bit of a structure, if only to help the reader and to help you through it, if that makes any sense. Okay. It does. Yeah. So um, the first thing that I ask people to do is to write a thesis statement. Okay. A thesis statement is an answer. It's an opinion. And the question that you pose to yourself is, why are you divorcing? And this is a very difficult question to answer in one or two sentences. It's the kind of question that people want to go on forever and ever about. But usually it usually has to do with something that's a violation of your personal belief or value system. You know, people put up with a lot because marriage is very serious. So it takes a lot to get divorced. There are people who think divorce is recreational, like um, religious institutions, which is why they disapprove of women divorcing. But divorce 
you know, ask any woman, it's not recreational. It's not fun, you know? So it's super stressful, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. it's devastating. It's trauma. So you have to really dig deep and you answer this question in one or two sentences. After this, what you would do is you take a little bit of time and you write, you know, in section two, a little bit about your early days together. Like what drew you to this person? Um, you know, what was a little bit about, you know, how did you meet or what were your hopes or something like that? Now, I always tell people, um, if you find you're going on and on and on about this section and you're feeling all sentimental, then you're not really ready to get a divorce. Okay. <laughs> you're ready to That's get a, a divorce. <laughs> you're ready to get a divorce when you can keep this section short and sweet, right? Because <laughs> you're acknowledging, cool <laughs> yeah, you're acknowledging what happened um, and looking at it fondly, but you're like, okay, let's get to it. This is how it is now. Right. And since people don't really remarry, if you're really stuck on the early days of your relationship and getting all sentimental, just like exit out of the document, you're not ready. You've got to do other stuff with your life, you know? Okay. And the third thing that I say is you should discuss your family of origin. You should discuss your, um, you know, how you were raised. What was your childhood like? What was the, what were the religious, the financial, the academic, the social expectations that were placed upon you? What kind of family were you from? If you have a large extended family, you can go into it, but don't go into all the details about your cousins and all that. This is really about you. But it's important then to know that you um, did exist maybe potentially within this context, okay? Because when we discuss our family of origin, what also is revealed is certain patterns or certain expectations, and this might shed light upon your current situation. You know, we often repeat the patterns. And so this to me was also a very significant part because it prompted me to ask serious questions about the philosophy that my family held, why I married who I did, you know, based on looking at my own family, not so much, um, let's say how I was at a certain point in my life, but what led me through the early days of my existence to the current situation, right? Then you want to detail your life together, okay? And this should all be in bullet points, okay? So let's say you have a bullet point. It might say something like relationship or the bullet point is family. I'm a big fan of bullet points. Just use bullet points. This is how people think now. We all do tweets. We just write in short posts. Just go with it, okay? And it can help you keep concise yeah, too, helps I you imagine, keep, right? Yeah, it helps you keep on track. So you write about, this is the big part of your divorce story. And maybe you write about, um, you know, your relationship and then you, your subheading is like public image. And you write about like, um, you know, how appearance was really important and you did this. And then there was that one time where, uh, you broke your ex's cologne bottles and he got really upset, but it really wasn't your fault. Something, you know, whatever. I mean, you can, you know, there's a lot of things that you can bring up as examples or you right. can bring up drugs or abuse or whatever. And you just talk about the incident. So you say what happened and then you end with a sentence or two with what did you feel about what happened? 
so you could actually technically say, let's say, um, relationship, John, our house, um, John broke all the furniture in our house so that I had to sit on the ground uh, because he kept smashing the chairs against the wall. I mean, I'm being extreme, but I'm sure there's women out there who have this situation. And then that's the fact. But how did you feel about it? I felt Mm. scared. I felt ashamed because I couldn't tell anybody the reason we didn't have any furniture was that he kept breaking it or, you know, what, what, you know, I was worried about this and, um, I kept trying to secretly fix the furniture, you know, whatever, but you, in other words, tell the feeling, feeling, right. Awesome. Yeah. That makes sense. And then you go into the last part is your financial life together. Okay. And, um, remember that marriage is the dissolution of a business agreement. And this is how it's going to be decided primarily within the legal context. Okay. Everything is going to be divvied up according to, and not just financially, but other kinds of obligations or responsibilities and to perception into a way that is very businesslike. Okay. And so you need to detail this. You know, what were the student loans you guys took out together? Um, who bought the car? Who paid for vacations? Who borrowed money from this person or that person? I mean, you can go back and what you'll find is you're going to find like a whole history too that unfolds with the financial story of your life right? Because you might have this personal history of what happens in the house, but also your financial uh, transactions, your legal transactions also say something about your public interaction as a couple, right? So, and that's, that's pretty much it. And try to keep it under several thousand words. I'm sure you can go on and on and on, but people don't really want to read it on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> and so Well, I wonder though it. if you can talk a bit though about, you know, sometimes I think it can be helpful to just let it rip, go mm-hmm. on and on and on, and then maybe go back and sort of edit yourself. So can yes. you talk a little bit about that process too and how that can be cathartic, I imagine, helpful, mm-hmm. difficult, all the things, but but take me through that process. Yes, that's great. And that's a brilliant point to bring out. And of course, you bring it out because you're a superb editor. But um, I think that the best thing is, as you said, to just let it rip. So every little thing that happened, you know, it doesn't matter. It, you'll look at it later and like, that's really stupid. I got mad about that, but whatever, just write it down. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. and then later you pick out, you know, you can look at your thesis later, right? And pick out what supports the thesis. Okay. And what you also might find is after you write out all that stuff, that your thesis isn't quite what you thought it was going to be. You might have to alter the thesis a bit because you're, what you realize is some of the reason that you thought you were divorcing really isn't that reason. It's this other reason now that you're looking at Mm. all these things that happen and what you feel about it. And then you can get some clarity. You can put that at, you know, you kind of, you know, you can tweak the thesis a bit, but whatever you write, you know, if you're worried about like, how do I edit this down? It's 10,000 words. Does it support the thesis? What are the most salient um, points that, that support? I think um, writing your divorce story can transform you both personally, but also can change the outcome 
of what happens because women must remember the legal system was not written by women. We are not mm. governed by ideologies that have served our bodily interests. So if you mm. do not insert your story in some way, if your lawyer doesn't even want to read your story and hear what you want to say, you need to really think about this because you want mm. somebody who sees who you are and who understands your voice, right? That's awesome. I feel like you're giving so much context to why this is both personally important for you and your own emotional, you know, well-being, but also for the outcome of the biggest upheaval that you've likely been through in your life. And it is mm -hmm. a legal process, right? It is a legal unwinding. Um, and that can be so daunting. I once had a friend call divorce, um, and, and certainly the financial aspects of it, like a financial enema, <laughs> which oh. is just everything is out in the open, right? And it's, it's stressful and it's hard. And I feel too, and I wonder if you could talk about maybe getting down some of the, the details of, of your divorce and your relationship and all the you know, emotions can maybe almost help you be a bit more like, okay, but I have to do A, B, C, D. Yeah. And sometimes the law doesn't bit. care. The law right. doesn't care about, you know, it's like, this is the law and yes. it doesn't care that you're a nice person, say. No, it does not care at all. So what you have to make sure is that your voice on some level to someone, even if it only is to your lawyer, is heard because that is important. Women are always silenced. We are not allowed to be our full selves under the law, in our sexuality, in our homes, in our families, in our belief systems, okay? We occupy a secondary status class. And you can look at anything from the World Economic Forum to the United Nations um, discussion on women and children as proof of this. And in the United States, we're not as elevated as we might think. It's the Northern European countries and Scandinavia that we should really look to as models for how women are treated. But in any case, what you do definitely need to do is to insert your voice because your voice is important. This was your marriage. This was the most important thing you probably ventured into as an adult. This was the person you thought you were going to be with your entire life until death. And now you have a different ending. So you need to think about what that asks you is to rewrite the ending in your mind. You got to close up that chapter in order to move forward, right? You don't want to be stuck in the loop of saying that was, that was it, that my best years are over. I don't care how long you were married because it's simply a different chapter. We have different chapters mm. in our lives. That's so cool. I wonder mm -hmm. if you can talk a little about how this has impacted students of yours, you know, even just talking in really broad, I know you can't get into specifics about anyone, but do you notice it in someone's face? Do you notice it in, in how someone talks about their divorce after they've written the divorce story? Anything you can share on that front? Well, I think what happens is really if women, it's, it's not just writing the story because what happens with writing the story is you have to reframe marriage. 
Okay. So really it's, um, it's kind of both. It's an internal reckoning with the institution of marriage and your relationship to it. And then there's the writing of the story. So Hmm. reframing the institution is like, it's a total wipe (laughs) of all your previous ideas, right? Your belief system, your values, Um, And I don't care kind of how progressive you might have been as a woman, you know, prior to your marriage or how with, you know, what's in it, but you reframe a lot of things, you know, divorce is Mm -hmm. a kind of death. And so this is really the, the switch that allows you to start, you know, that works in tandem with writing the divorce story, because you cannot look at life in any societal context in the same way right? So the story helps you reframe that and your reframing that helps you with your own story, which helps you personally. But reframing that in your mind is giving you a different way of viewing the world, right? And this, Mm. you know, the repercussions of this are quite fast, you know? It sounds like it tees you up for such a hopeful future too, right? Because then you start to say, oh, okay, like I can close that chapter and actually think about a new one and, and how it will be different and hopefully more successful. Right. Yes. That's so right on because if you don't reframe it, you will only view that as a failure and you will not be able to move beyond it. You must reframe in order to have a new future. Right. And I know there are women Um, because I know them who, you know, they were divorced for a long time and they were never able to reframe it, whether that be for their, because of their religious background or how tightly they clung to the institution or how much they viewed themselves as failures. And this, this is a tragedy because we can always remake ourselves Sure, we think about divorce as you're, you know, you're burning to the ground. It is a kind of death. It's trauma. It's over. But like the phoenix, we rise, right? Mm, the phoenix totally. de- is destroyed, but you know, the you know, burns to ash and then the phoenix emerges. And I think that these kinds of images and ideas and ways of thinking about who you can be and why, and the lessons and the wisdom that you take with you are really significant, but they become this only if you have the courage to reframe. I love when you wrote about this uh, in Scarlet Society, uh, you you ran a photo of your, like a before and after photo of yourself, (laughs) one where you looked absolutely miserable. I imagine you were really in the throes of it. And then one where you were just beaming. Um, And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about your own personal, like, it sounds like like the phoenix you rose and um you know what would you share with with listeners right now um about your own journey to kind of give them hope about theirs yeah because i think like um many women i couldn't imagine my existence in divorced i just didn't even occur to me. Divorce was something that happened to other people. And despite what I felt, despite my ideas, I was like, if you just don't quit, if you keep working at it, you know, there's always going to be rough patches. It will go away. You know, that's true. But when people were writing this idea of marriage, you know, 
lifespan was only like what 45 <laughs> so <laughs> totally. you know it's a little different right we weren't really yeah. living to 45 we weren't living to 85 and so you know maybe people mar- were married for 10 years they weren't 20 years they weren't married for like 60 years so you got to you know you got to look at these things a little differently and so um i couldn't imagine uh being divorced and i was utterly devastated because i thought of my ex as my that was my reason that's my life too you know and um i was so um devastated i didn't know how I was going to move forward, but I did. And I did by reaching out to people. And um, I had a lot of support, you know, Um, it's not something that you should go through by yourself. You know, find your friends, find somebody who listens, they might not even be someone you're initially close to go to get a therapist, um, get a good lawyer, but don't use your lawyer as a therapist, very expensive. Uh, totally. <laughs> and um, understand that um, you can transform if you're willing to really see and acknowledge all the, the bad, but also some of the good of what you might have learned and gained in the process. And that is not easy. And it's not to say that, you know, I know there are these people and, you know, more power to them. And they like go on vacations with their exes. They do all this shit, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just not like that. And, um, yeah. and that's okay. And I think, right? and you know what, and that's okay. And I think there's a lot of false ideas that we're supposed to be like this. You know, I really do because like it has when to I was be amicable, yeah, when or... I was looking at like the divorce books and I was looking at um, different kinds of, you know, divorce books and like even the TEDx talks, they're talking about people who like reunite, like 5%, 6% of people reunite. This is just not normal. That means 94% of the people are not the TEDx talk. You know, so, so I think majority. (laughs) Yeah. So we need to look at this differently. And you also need to see what I really saw was how systemic ideas of sexism, systemic ideas of inequalities played out in my own marriage. I thought I was the exception. I thought I was the exception because I was more educated, because I came from maybe a more affluent background, because I thought I knew better. But yet, like the vast majority of women, I did experience inequity. And in my case, it was quite severe. So I think that, um, you know, you acknowledge your what is personal and then also systemically. So then you get a different outlook. And, you know, that's what led me several years later. I feel so much better. You know, life is mm. imperfect. For everyone. Yeah, but, you know, life moves on. And no, I wouldn't yeah. want to be married. You know, I don't want to be married yeah. to my ex. Yeah. Forget it. You said something before <laughs> about how how you really leaned on people. And it's it's reminding me of something that, you know, every writer needs a good editor. So when you're writing your divorce story, I wonder if you can talk about, you know, the importance of maybe showing it to a friend before you show it to a lawyer, someone you trust, mm-hmm. or would you not recommend that? I wouldn't really. And the reason is, is because this is your legal document. You could show it to maybe one person, 
you know, that you really think in context might be able to be objective, but it's not something that I would consult in that way. This has to come from your own heart, right? Um, you know, you can, you can ask somebody, did, you know, did I spell everything right? Or this kind of stuff (laughs) if you want, but it's not something, this is not a joint project that you write. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, you don't, I guess some people do, but you don't write a poem in a group, right? You, when you or, think of writing or, poetry, it's like from your heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. Or you don't want it edited. You know, you don't want it mm-hmm. someone to redline your poem, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, okay. the thing is, is this is what we fear when we're writing it down is that we're going to look bad. We're going to look stupid. We're going to look inadequate. We look wrong. You know, that's why you you don't, that's why I didn't want to read my own story. I was like, Oh my God, all the mistakes, all these ways I was Mm. foolish or this or that, but you wrote it down. So it's done. It's over. The minute it hits the page you, you look at it again. You're like, that was me in the past. It doesn't mean it's, you know, you'll never, um, lean in that direction, but you will know that you have done that, or there's a tendency or something because you have evidence now, and then you can make the deliberate choice about what you're going to do. And so, um, you're not divorcing for approval the only approval you seek is for yourself, right? It's an act of self-volition. You know, it's not a, it's groups don't get divorced, right? You, yeah. Group, to be honest, you, people marry often because of groups, right? Mm. Your families want it. They've already arranged it. I mean, the vast majority of the world is arranged marriages. Okay. So there's that, but the wedding train has gone, you know, it's like, oh my God, I have to buy the flowers, whatever. It's, it's going. And, um, but when you divorce, it's just you, it's not like seven people are calling you up and saying, I think you should get a divorce. You know, it's, it's you really confronting what you think and what you believe. Oof, this is so powerful. I feel like you keep uh, bringing up very rightly. So the societal expectations and not only that, but how the laws in this country were created for and by men. And that is so hot right now. I mean, it's what we're all talking about with the leak of um, the Supreme Court decision and Roe v. Wade in such jeopardy. And I just wonder, for, for people who want to learn more about that, who are interested in learning more about how the patriarchy has dictated much of um, our lives as women, like, where do we go? What's the book we read? Um, What's the website? Where do we go? You know what? You can go start Googling your little heart out, put in patriarchy, you'll get a million things. There's book lists with, you know, um, you know, there's, there's so many books. I don't even know where to begin and I can, okay. You know, just so you know, I can come up with a list later if you want, Megan. Yeah, but maybe, what, maybe what, later yeah, for sure. But. Yeah. But what I do want to say is that it, what you must do is just take a good, hard, look, how many women are sitting representing you in government? Look at the gender, your religious texts. How many women's stories are really told that center the woman, right? 
what you read, how much money you make. I mean, this is a capitalist society, so let's just get to it, you know? So I think once you really take a good hard look, then you have to examine how you feel about yourself. Are you really that much of an exception? We all have to make compromises to live in a patriarchy, right? We all do. Nothing's, we make compromises in every society, right? So, but what we compromise is deeply personal, right? We, we compromise little things, big things, but that's really up to the individual woman to decide what she will compromise, whether it's like, I'm going to wear Birkenstock instead of high heels or whatever, <laughs> You know, there's small things you might compromise or big ones. Sure. But it it is really personal. But to examine, to understand how you live and what your marriage was and what you negotiated potentially, all you have to do is take a really hard look at your life, the life of your mother, the life of the women you know, and ask yourself, Who is doing what? How many hours are being put in? Because we're a capitalist society, we also, we don't measure in sweat equity. We measure in dollars. So somebody is making X amount of dollars. That means you who are not making the money have to work like 20 extra hours in the house, even though you've already worked because your salary is lower. What's that about? Mm -hmm. That is capitalism. And that is also patriarchy because why aren't you making the same amount of money, right? And since when does somebody making more money mean that you have to do more cooking and cleaning? I mean, what kind of equity is that? Mm. That that has nothing to do with anything. You're, you're tired too, (laughs) right? So, (laughs) um, yeah. So I think it's about taking a good hard look at yourself and thinking about why you might think of yourself as an exception and why maybe it's okay to join the crowd and not be an exception. Mm, That's really cool. And I think it, again, it comes back to how your divorce story and writing your divorce story can really help bring a lot of these things to light, which is incredible. I would love to end with um, you talking about where readers can find you, take your courses, listen to what um, you, you're putting out into the world. So can you kind of take us through what you what you offer? Sure. Um, you can go to drstephaniehan.com where I do coaching and give uh, writing one-on-one. And also I give classes in writing your divorce story, as well as creative writing and writing workshops. And so right now that would be the best place to find me. I'm teaching um, independent writing workshops like this summer I'll be teaching. And so this is the best place to find me, but also simply go to Scarlet Society and have a read. And if you can't Take the class. There's enough there in the little article that will hopefully help you write your story, right? Yeah. You know, you don't you yeah. don't have to take the class. You can still just go and do it. And that is my main thing that I want women to feel, that you can feel empowered through writing. Words and texts are what imprisoned women, and words and texts are what can free women. Woo! That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Dr. Han, thank you so much. Truly appreciate you spending the time. I feel like what you are doing is helping so many people. I'm really hopeful that this um, episode is going to inspire women to write their stories and to help them feel armed through this traumatic process that, that divorce can be. Yeah, me too. And thank you so much for Scarlet Society too and your work on how you're really trying to show the different aspects of how a woman might live. I think this is really important. And um, yeah, I encourage a lot of women out there to have a look and read and explore. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Your support means so much to us and I hope you got some great value from today's episode. If you're looking for resources from today's show or you'd like to join other women just like you looking to explore their sexual health and wellness, visit us over at scarletsociety.com.